All right, we're good to go. Sydney Pickram, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. Where are you coming from? I am in Toronto, just in my apartment, um, just close to downtown. Toronto. Now, how long you lived in Toronto for? I've only been here a little over a year, so I kind of moved after season two of ISL. Um, I basically made the decision when I was away and in four days packed up everything from Texas and drove to Toronto. <laughs> All right. Wow. So so you're training at A&M at that point. Um, what's the decision then to move back to Canada? Why, why did you make – was it a rash decision or was something that was kind of thought out? No. So one – I think depending on kind of universities, um, sometimes the pros had a bit more pool space and luxury than the um, university program. But since A&M, the rec is a university run pool, we didn't really have pool space. Um, we were doing 50 minute time slots, sometimes doubles. I think I only really started doubles before um, about like the week of, I think before ISL. And so that was kind of the situation. And then I knew I was going to have to quarantine two weeks before the Olympic trials. And so it just was kind of the most sensible time to have those two weeks off before trials was in December after ISL. Right, right. Now, listen, I did just catch a glimpse of something that's new. I saw I saw the new <laughs> tattoo. You got to show us the new tattoo. What's going on? Here? Yeah, so I did. Here. I did get a half sleeve. I'll try wow. and get as much of it. Yeah, about not cool. About eighteen hours. <laughs> Dang. Um. Yeah. So I kind of. It's funny, actually. Kyle Chalmers was the one who really like sold it to me. I've been wanting it for a while, and he definitely pushed me over the edge. Um. But it's just so it has the four different types of flowers. Um. This one is kind of the cherry blossoms to represent Tokyo. Then uh, this one is from Brazil to represent mm. Rio. And then this is try to get, um, a Mayflower, which represents Nova Scotia, where my family's from. And then these ones are the orange blossoms that represent Florida, where I was born and lived. So, Wow, yeah. that's super cool. Super cool. I've got a little, I got a little cherry blossom myself up here. Um, yeah. It goes, goes under the arm a little bit, but um, yeah, I love the cherry blossom too. Uh, are you going to get any color in it at all or just leave it like no, that? No, I'm going to keep it black and white. So I have kind of up here as well a flower that I've had for a while. It was um, my mom's nickname was Lupin. And so it's a Lupin from PEI where our cottage is. So uh, my tattoo artist said if Paris happens, I better be right in there as soon as I could to add to it. But we'll see. I think right now my mom can only handle the half sleeve. And I think <laughs> I need to take a little bit of a break from tattoos. <laughs> I've always thought about going, you know, I've stopped here, but I thought about going down. Now, in terms of the forearm, where is the most sensitive part of the forearm? Um, I don't know. So kind of, I did mine in two days, which hmm. she was like, I can't believe you're doing it so fast. Kind of like, it was kind of like eight hours one day, 10 the next. And I just was like, I can't, I need to get it done as quick as possible because of the pool time. Um, and so I did it all outlined. So the whole arm was done after the first day, which was okay. It just was tedious. But then mm -hmm. I went like it was Tuesday and then went Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I think like the last four hours of the Thursday, I was like, 
we have dug into everything outlined. We have shaded everything. And then it was funny, actually, Kyle called me and I was like, oh, I'm about to start with the white. And he goes, oh, that's the worst part. He's like, that's the worst part. Good luck. And I was like, don't Thanks, say that dude. to me. I was like, I'm about to, I was like, about to start. And it was about like two hours of just like white, which everything had already been like dug in and shaded. And then it was like going back over. So that was probably the most painful part. And I think it was just by the end of it, I was like, I want my arm back. <laughs> but it's so worth it. And she was sick. It, it was really cool to have it done by like a female artist too in, in Toronto. And so yeah, uh, I'm super happy with how it went. That's very cool. Yeah. And there's definitely a part under my arm where I was like, just end this, please. Yeah. Like I cannot stand the misery any longer. Um, yeah. but you know, once it's, once it's on, you're like, oh, that was easy. But then, like, Yeah. Then it. you're like, so what am I doing the next star? <laughs> yeah. It is addicting, right? Like you kind of get, oh my gosh. Know, get addicted. Yeah. My, my mom is not the biggest fan of tattoos. Mm. And I think I had six, I think before I did this one and I kept saying to the tattooers, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting a tattoo. She's like, you're not getting a tattoo. You're getting a half sleep. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, well, like, I don't know. It's a tattoo. And my mom has gone from hating tattoos and she's like, can we please just not do neck tattoos or hand tattoos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. like gone from like, I don't want my daughter to have tattoos to yeah. now. Like, that's all she's like, please. That's all yeah. I ask. I do know. the rest. <laughs> I know. I got a son, 18 year old son. He's got a couple of tattoos, and I'm like, do do not touch your face. If you touch your face, <laughs> that's the end of me. I'll like be so devastated. Yeah. For some reason that's a trend right now. God, it's an awful trend. But I mean, yeah, I love tattoos too. But the face is just too much. Yeah, I personally, and I told her I was like, I've always been someone who I want to make sure I can always cover them, like no matter yeah. what. Like I just want to be able to have that choice to cover them fully if I wanted to. Um, so I was like, you're fine there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now you you mentioned something else that I just kind of like just found out. I was like reading through your bio all day and then I'm sitting here waiting for you and then it just like hit me. And I'm like, hang on a second. She's born in America. You were born <laughs> in Florida. What's that all about? Yeah, I think, uh, so yeah, I was born in Florida. I lived there all the way until I went to university. Uh, so I grew up kind of just outside of Clearwater, Tampa area. Oh. And then I went to A&M and was there for five years or almost six. And then went, now I'm in Toronto. So yeah, I've had, I've had dual citizenship since I was 12 or 13. Actually, my coach, um, Randy had said, he knew that my mom was from uh, Canada as well as my dad. And he was like, you know, she can swim for them. And my mom's like, I don't know what that means. She was like, I'm just driving my daughter knitting at practice and watching her <laughs> and then she's and he's like no like she can have a lot of opportunities at a younger age swimming for Canada than the U.S. and so she's like does she have citizenship and she's like yeah I just did it for her anyway because I wanted her to have that luxury and so yeah then I, I've been swimming for them this is uh, about to be my 10th year on the team so it's been a while <laughs> But hang on a second, like not only are you one of the best swimmers in the world now, but you were one of the best swimmers in the world back then for your age, like as an age group, you were damn good. So was there any consideration to swim for the US? Um, honestly, no. I think because I started swimming for them, I think 2012 was my first junior team. And kind of how I had always grown up in like club swimming is 
I never really even swam like age groups up until I think it's like till you're 14. Like I was going to senior champs from when I was 12 and 13. And because Randy always was like, age doesn't matter when it comes to being the best in the world. It just doesn't. Mm. And so he always wanted me to race older individuals. And that's why I did things like senior champs and all of that when I was younger. And he was like, the fact that you can start this senior team where my first Olympic team was, I'd already been on summers for three years prior to it. And he just always saw like, that was such a great opportunity. And so I've just... And also it's, it's weird. Like I remember always cheering for Canada when it came to like Olympics with my family, because mm. my whole family lives in Canada. So if they cheer for the U S it'd be so weird. Right. And even like my neighbors would always have like broadcasting from CBC, like the Canadian network. And I remember as a kid, like going over there and uh, watching like from broadcast from Canada, because that's who we always wanted to watch as kids. So I don't know. It never really was like a discussion. Mm. Okay, interesting. I, I, I can hear the dog in the background. Does the dog <laughs> want to play ball right now? So he actually got <laughs> groomed today, and he. No, I'm actually going out of town, so I got him a lot of toys to spoil him. And uh, so, yeah, he's like, this is amazing. But, yeah, he's just – he's ready to go. That's classic. I love it. Um, well, you mentioned Randy Reese. Now, listen, a lot of people know Eddie, and a lot of people um, know a lot about Eddie. Um I don't know if everybody knows a lot about Randy. They know Randy exists, but he's a little bit more private than Eddie. So tell us about Randy and, and uh, growing up and being coached by him. Um, so for me, the first thing when I tell people, like I swam for Randy Reese growing up, he everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. that's always the first reaction I get from coaches. They just know who he is and mm. know kind of how he has his techniques and um, he's tough. He's really, really tough. And I'm really grateful because when coaches know that I've swam for him, they're like, this girl, she knows how to work. Mm -hmm. And because that's what I did as young, when I was younger was just some of the sets that we did then. I'm like, I can't even do that now. I'm like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, but he's really tough. You know, I think he's made me who I am. He influenced my swimming and how I view swimming so much from, I swam for him since I was 11 until I was 18. So uh, I think like during the developmental stages, he was so influential to me. And still to this day, I talk to him all the time. Um, I went, when COVID had hit and I couldn't swim at A&M, I was like, can I come to Florida? And he was like, Ugh. and I was like, okay, you want me to come? And he was so <laughs> excited for me to come. And he was chatting me away like 24 seven. I was like, you miss me. And he was like, I wouldn't go that far. And I was like, yes, you do. And we've always had really good banter back and forth. Um, and so, I mean, he's great. He's definitely really tough and, um, but I wouldn't change anything. And he's been there for me and still is to this day. Well, that's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of glad you put it that way because there is kind of like this negativity, you know, negative <laughs> vibe about him in terms of like, he's tough. And that's all we know about Randy. But then there's obviously a side that is, that is caring for sure. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have stayed with him that long. You wouldn't want to go back to that guy if you don't know that like deep down he cares for you, right? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I think um, even to this day, he still talks to my mom all the time. And, um, even like his wife, like we knew super well when I was growing up. And I think I was someone who I'm not really afraid to push back. Um, but also with a lot of respect. And 
I think that was the biggest part of our relationship was I was willing to question out of curiosity and wanting the knowledge, not really push back as a kid, just being like, I don't want to do this. I was like, no, like this doesn't make sense to me. Like you need to explain this to me. And just that was kind of our personalities. And Mm. um, yeah, I mean, we worked really well together and there's times where even now, if I just kind of feel lost in the sport, I can always call him and, um, I know he'd be like, just come back here and come swim with me at any time. He's always been really open to that. And um, yeah, I mean, I've called him out of the blue a few times in crisis mode and he's like, oh, here we go. But he's, <laughs> I was like, you miss having me around all the time. And I know he does and he'll never admit it, but um, mm. yeah, he, he's a great coach for sure. So in, in terms of that, then what, what are the things that people are missing or what, or what are the things they need to understand? I mean, he values... He obviously values hard work. I think we understand that. But in terms of the the hard work that you're doing, what what is it exactly? I mean, there's there's volume um, attached to it, obviously, I guess. And so, you know, what is the work that you're doing under him? I think the biggest thing was I always wanted to be a smart swimmer when it came to sets. And again, like knowing the purpose of what you're doing and showing that you care more than just, okay, I'm going to go and it's kind of going through the motions, which I think there's some practices where I don't have the mental capacity and it's just like going through the motions. And Mm. I think everybody has those on those days, but he wants you to show up and show that you understand there's a purpose for what you're doing. And I guess showing that in either asking your questions or um, understanding when you're supposed to be going, understanding what times you should be holding and Mm. understanding just those technicalities, I think is, a huge part of why I work so well with him because he wasn't going to every single rep tell you what you're doing with your technique wrong. He wanted you to be a smart swimmer on your own and know what he told me a week ago. You you should be still thinking about that. He's like, I don't need to tell you every single time that you need to be breathing this pattern or you need to have this many kicks. He wants you to always have that knowledge in the back of your mind and Um, I think showing that and always just being really, really present with your swimming um, was the biggest part, I think. Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. Destromachines.com. Um, I'm sure you know Eddie and and have heard stories about Eddie. What do you think? What do you think of the differences then between between him and Eddie? Complete um, opposite. Okay, well, tell me what that means to you then. What's the complete opposite? Um, it, it's funny because going to AM, I saw Eddie all the time because I we would either race Texas or if we were going to a meet, um, we would usually go in Austin and. I would see Eddie all time throughout my university. And I know that he had talked to Eddie while I was being trained and had kind of 
he, I knew that Eddie knew who I was and he was kind of the same. He's like, Oh God bless you for putting up with my brother for so many years. And um, so that was me and Eddie's relationship was he's like, I know what you've been through. And, um, but Eddie's just, he's so, it's so funny the difference because they're both so legendary coaches in their own ways. And I think like Eddie will be on poolside chit chatting with everyone and like whether the guys are just like playing around with the ball before like, the before getting in and just like that's him and just talking and and randy is off in the corner and just like sitting there and he (laughs) and i will never forget when i was sitting next to him after like a race or something and he doesn't have a stopwatch and he's just watching this girl swim and she went out i don't know what it was and it was like a hundred fly and he's like yeah she's gonna go 57 too (laughs) and like doesn't have a stopwatch like nothing and like she finishes the race dead on 57 too and i was like what i was like how do you do i was like what is wrong like how do you have that like magic power and that's just him he's just like very to himself and quieter and just has so much knowledge and eddie is the same way but just like the extroverted side and so they're definitely really different and it's crazy how legendary they can be in this sport in so polar opposite ways and then also be brothers (laughs) Well, that's it. I mean, uh, polar opposite personalities, but probably very similar intelligence, you know? Yeah, um, 100%. And, and, and intuition in terms of the swimming science of it. They just they just get it, you know? So that makes perfect sense. Now, in, in terms of A&M, selecting A&M, it seems like you, you selected a coach that had kind of a similar personality. I mean, Steve doesn't – Steve's not, you know, he's not that – kind of like you know center of attention type coach but he's going to be the worker he's going to be the quiet guy but he's going to he's very very intelligent so is that did that play a part in your selection of where you went yeah so i think in the recruiting stage it's so crazy to look at how recruiting is now first even when i was going in and i think like now people are like 14 and i think they know where they're going i'm like Mm. i didn't even think about college swimming then and yeah um so it's actually my junior year. I was out of the country from end of June until like end of August. I think it was like Commonwealth and Panpax and I did like French Open or something. And this is when I think I had an iPhone, but I don't think I had like a SIM card or anything. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't take calls when I was away. Like I was like, I don't even think I knew what WhatsApp was then. And <laughs> so... I remember just being like, I'm missing everything. I'm missing recruiting. Like, I'm not going to be able to talk to anyone. Like, I'm not going to have any scholarship. Like, this is going to be a complete bust. And mm. I I think I got back and, like, my best friend had already been on a trip. And she already was like, this is where I want to go. And I was like, I'm so behind. And so I had kind of given a list of schools to Randy. And he was like, why isn't A&M on this list? And I was like, well, they never sent me an email. So <laughs> what am I supposed to do? He was like, hold on. And I was like, okay. And so I swam like our 600 warm up, and then he came back at the end. He's like, Steve's going to call you later today. And I was like, I was like, what Steve Boltman? Like, this is crazy. And (laughs) so then I think later that night, like I hopped on a call with him and then within like a week or two, we scheduled a trip. And then I think I finished and three days later committed. It was just It was really, really rapid, and I think I just had so much trust in Randy, and he had gotten me so far into the sport that he told me, he was like, right now, Steve is the best coach in the NCAA, and it's who I want you to swim for, and it's going to make you the best swimmer you can be. And I was like, okay, sold. And so 
I just trusted in Randy and I, I had such an open conversation with Steve through the recruiting process of kind of what I needed. And um, I just wanted to make sure I was like, look, like I'm going into college, but I'm thinking about 2016 Olympics. Like mm. I don't really swim yards that much. And as much as I want to contribute to the team, like those goals are a lot more important to me, making Olympic teams and world championships. And Steve respected it. And that, that was a big part of it was going to a school that showed up to my Olympic trials. I was like, I'm not going to go to a school that they don't even send a coach to go mm. to Canadian trials. And that was something that I was like, I want to make sure that they know where my priorities lie. And I look past college swimming as well as I will be very present during it. That's kind of, I want to become an Olympian and I wanted to go to worlds and be medalist. And so Steve really understood that. And yeah. Well, that's interesting. And, um, it does seem like a perfect fit. I mean, looking back now, you had an incredible college career and it does seem like you did really well under Steve. It seemed like you embraced A&M, like everything about it just seemed to fit. So in terms of kind of um, Randy almost making that decision for you, it, it turned out perfectly and that doesn't always happen like that. But tell me about this then. Tell me, tell me about fitting into a college system, but also having this individual mindset of, of going to the world championships and going to Olympics and going to Commonwealth games. How does Steve balance that? Whereas, okay, right now, the most important thing is the team. And then right now, the most important thing is you. That's a very fine balance to get right for a lot of college coaches, you know? Yeah. I think the biggest part was we had such an environment that I, there was a lot of people in the same boat where I think when I first got there, there was, we had swimmers from South Africa, Ireland, Canada, the US, and that was kind of just so uh, understood. And I think that was kind of the biggest part is you just had partners doing what you wanted to do, where when you finish NCAAs, that next Monday, it's like, oh, we're in college. Like, this is the first, like, Monday we don't have practice like we can actually go to like a college bar with normal people that like can go out all the time and when you swim for internationally I was like my trials is in two weeks and so that's always a hard balance I think like that finishing SCCs to NCs and knowing that's not our break time we don't really right. get that break because of where our trials usually lie and mm. we had such a common group that had that same mindset and I think that was he really put a lot of trust, I think, in us to work together as teammates, as well as he was always there for you 100% if you were either nervous about the taper, like what you wanted to do. And, um, but he just never, you never questioned whether you could do everything. And I think that was a huge part where, okay, you come to invite and you hope you get all of your time. So when it comes to SECs, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to taper for SECs. You've already done your times for NCAAs. So that's one less meet to really worry about. We would only really rest for SECs once or like two or three days. And then going into NCAAs, just trying to hit the best we can. But knowing we came back to work right away after that and just got our mind around long course season. And he just never really, you always had faith in him that he was doing everything right. And all of us just trusted it and worked together as a group. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. You know, when Randy says he's the best coach in the NCAA right now. There's obviously some things that Randy respects about him and maybe even some similarities. So what are the similarities and the transitions into going into that program 
you know, the ease of moving into that program with Steve and then maybe what are a couple of differences that you noticed? I think similarities is the fact that he's not hands-on 24-7. I think he, again, like Randy, he's like, I want you to know what you're working on. It's almost like if he were to ask you like, okay, what are you thinking about here? You should always have an answer. And I think that is very similar from Randy to Steve. And um, and then I think the very differences is Randy's really tough and he's not going to hold back. And he is going to tell you like it is very bluntly. And if he's like, if he's like, what are you doing in swimming? If if you don't want to be the best, like just get out. And I think that was like a couple of times there was multiple experiences, I think with Randy and the group as a whole, where he was like, I'm going to weed out the week. Like, I don't, I don't want you here if you're not dedicated where Steve has a more like, it's going to be okay. Let's work through this. Just very like comforting. And mm. it's, it's interesting. Cause like, because Randy's so tough and I know how much he cares about me, he's comforting in that way where Steve, I could call him and he could tell me exactly what like I want to hear. And like, that will comfort me in that way. And so they're like, delivery is very, very different from Steve to Randy. <laughs> Is there, um, I'm not, I'm not saying that one's better than the other for sure, but in terms of maybe, um, ultimate performance, right. You know, when when we're talking about cutthroat performance at, at a NCAAs being the best at the NCAA, being the best at a world championships or a Commonwealth games or an Olympic games, um, what did you need more? You think, did you need more of the, the hardness of Randy or the, the softness of, Steve, at that moment, you think? I definitely needed the hardness of Randy. I think that that I had for those seven years has shaped how I view swimming. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, I think something is, I don't think I'll ever achieve, not that I don't think I'll ever, this sounds horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I don't know if I'll ever be as great as I want to. And I think that's something that I hope to get to. Um, but I know it also has made me who I am. And it pushes me that I don't, there's always going to be more. And that was instilled in me from being pretty young. And I think if I didn't have that going into Steve, I wouldn't have that instinct um, to try and be the best as more as prominent. Um if I kind of went the other way where if say I was with Steve and then going to Randy, I'd Mm. be like, Oh my gosh. But I think because I had Randy going into Mm. Steve, I just could appreciate things in a different light. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the toughness, there's a reason that there's only so many swimmers that I think can hang with Randy for as long as say I did. Um, And I think if you can make it and understand how he works and how it's just there to try and make you the best that you can be, um, then you're going to do great with it. But otherwise it might break you. And that's unfortunately has happened to a lot of people and coaching. I mean, you're there to find the right fit. Um, And so I'm grateful for how I went from kind of Randy to Steve to have those perspectives. 
Well, listen, it's an, it's an honest and open assessment. And I appreciate you being vulnerable in that sense to, to at least be honest with yourself. You know, you're, you're publicly being honest right now, but you're, you're being honest with yourself as well. What do you think then, if we could dig a little deeper on that, then what, what is it about you that responded to that type of toughness? Because there are other people that quit around you, the people that couldn't handle that. So what is it, what is it about you that could handle that? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with kind of how I was raised. And um, I think it, it's interesting now, I think now that I kind of help out more with, say, younger kids and in different um, club scenarios and looking back and how mine was. And I think how I was in a club scenario with my coach and everything, there's no way it would fly nowadays, like 100%. And um, I think that's just how the nature of the sport is changing. But for me, it, my mom would drop me off and she never got into a relationship between me and Randy. She was mm. like, that's your coach. That's nothing to do with me. And my mom was never a swimmer. She um, understood swimming for sure. And was definitely invested in like my happiness in the sport, but that was basically it. She would come and she would honestly, when most moms would go and sit upstairs, she'd probably sit in the car and she's like, I'm going to take a nap or just like do something else. She was like, <laughs> this isn't mine. This is hers. And mm. I think she has always given me that respect into my sport and my relationship with my coach that it was all up to me, even from when I was 13 or 14. She just, that was, it was always my choice. And I mean, I remember the days when I was picking swimming and that was going to be my only sport. And that was like a really, really hard decision for me. And She's like, if you went the other sports, if you went to softball, like I would have done the same thing. And she just kind of let that relationship always uh, myself dictate that with my coach, mm. because I think that is the only reason I'm able to be how I am now, where say like he was like, I want you to swim for this coach. I was like, OK, I, I just didn't question it because I had that relationship with my coach and I just had to trust full in, because if I'm not trusting my coach to get me where I want to go, then what am I really doing here? And mm. I think that kind of is how that all worked. Mm, mm. Very, very, very interesting. And, and I, I like that, um, that, you know, I, I really appreciate you being open here. This is, this is different because most people aren't willing to go that deep with it. What about when you get in the car and, and you're, and you hate Randy and he's, and he's ridden you and he's, you know, he's driven you to the point where whatever it is, like you're just pissed at that point in time. How does your mom respond at that point? I think my mom mostly would say, well, did you talk to him? And she's like, if you're really that mad, go have a conversation. Mm. And that it was never like, to be honest, she probably was never really on my side. <laughs> uh, not in a bad way, but she's just like, if you want something to change and if you're really that mad, like go have a conversation about it and figure it out. Like she's like, you don't have to be there. You don't have to do anything, but you want to swim. You want to be better. And if it doesn't make sense to you and you're so mad, go have that conversation. And I think she made me have those meetings and those talks alone since I was like 14. And mm -hmm. I just, uh, I think that was kind of, she just really, she would talk through a lot of things with me. And if I was really mad or upset and She's like, okay, then don't go to practice. And then I'd be like, well, I'm not going to not go. Like, I, I have to go. And she's like, okay, well, then you need to figure this out or it's not going to be fun. And so 
I think like she always knew, I think that was the one thing about swimming is it was always dictated by me, whether I kept swimming because at the end of the day, it is just a sport. And yeah, now it's my job and it's what I do. And I, and I do love it in a lot of ways. And so I think she was probably not on my side now that I think about it. Well, listen, it's good parenting. The reason why I'm asking this, the reason why I'm digging into this side of it is because people ask about parenting all the time. Like, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, how do you raise kids? How do you deal with parents in the swim group? You know, what type of parent do you want to be? I mean, these are really interesting topics and questions. And for, to, to analyze the way that your mother raised you and, and to be able to deal with the toughness that you dealt with and now uh, to be one of the best swimmers in the world and to go through a, a, a college program where, you know, so it's just, it's very interesting to kind of just hear your perspective on how you were raised, because I think this really goes into, we can learn something here. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think that's one thing when I do do a lot of talks and a lot of mentorship with um, Head to Head is a program that actually an old teammate has created. And it's definitely something that I always usually get the question from parents and saying like, what did your mom do? And I'm like, probably nothing <laughs> that's the best part <laughs> yeah it is the it is interesting it's the best part you're right and listen i had i had parents very similar to you and when it came to not wanting to go to practice they had a very similar approach of like okay miss and then i'll be like damn it you're just, you give me that option to miss like i'm not gonna <laughs> miss now you know like <laughs> yeah it's just like that accountability that you have in yourself is kind of what makes yeah. you get to that point and you don't really realize you're doing it then. I was like, wow, I've really been holding myself accountable since I was like 12. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment, or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Daktronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you. Now, it's interesting something else you talked about too. Like when I when I kind of privately messaged you about coming on the podcast, you were like kind of, <laughs> why me? And I'm like, you're one of the best swimmers in the world. Are you crazy? Like, of course I'd love to have you on the podcast. And you, and you kind of didn't identify... The way I the way I looked at you, you didn't identify that with yourself necessarily. Now maybe you do, maybe you're just being, you know, nice, but like you you still don't really see yourself as one of the best swimmers in the world, do you? No. Not Why at not? All. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's an easy question. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean it's an easy answer because you you swam you swam for AM, one of the best colleges in the country. You swam for Steve Bolton, one of the best you know, coaches, he's not recruiting you unless you're one of the best swimmers. Then you swam for, um, the London raw. I mean, one of the best teams in the, in the, in the, um, in the sector of, uh, what, what do we call it now? Um, why am I drawing a blank here? Um, pro swimming. All right. You're on the best, <laughs> one of the best pro teams in the world. You swim for Canada. You're an Olympic medalist. I mean, come on, like what else do you have to do to prove that you're one of the best swimmers in the world? Um, I don't know. I it, I think there's just so many things that even probably my best swims that I've ever had, they just, I don't know if they've clicked the way that I know they can. 
And I hope that at one point um, that does come to play. But hang on, I, I just know. didn't even give you credit for winning a world title. You just literally won a world title. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? So yeah, did I that not was... click. Did not click at the world short course for you when you beat the, everybody else in the world. No, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that has almost started. I don't even know if it started to click, but I think it was like, okay, like things are happening and I don't know. I mean, that was a, that was a really intense, I think, race more mentally and emotionally than anything, not really physically, but um, I don't know. I think there's just so much I think I've left in the sport and mm, sure. I just also think my abilities that I know I can do haven't really been there and even if they are being some of the best swims in world rankings I'm just mm. I know what I'm capable of in ways and so I don't know I just I think there's so many better swimmers out there than me that have done the times and I think I have a lot of time still to do interesting um, okay um, and that's a that's a fair assessment I can live with that in in terms of <laughs> uh, you said a couple of things there that really interested me um, one was you said that it was mentally challenging to win that world title and, and more so than physically. Now you, you weren't ahead, uh, the whole race. I mean, you came Never from behind to win that race. <laughs> so, and, but that's kind of a strength of yours. But, so what was the mental challenge particularly? Cause I'm interested in the psychology of swimming. So tell me about the mental challenge. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if I'm going to be a hundred percent honest, I, Finished ISL, um, the first block of ISL this season was really, really rough for me. I mm. wasn't in a good mental space, and I basically was just trying to enjoy swimming because I had it in a while. And mm. then the second block, I was starting to kind of get a grasp on racing again and um, actually competing, where the first block, I, I was just trying to get through it. And um so yeah then I uh, things started to get a lot better and then two days before the ISL final I was an idiot and I'm sure you probably saw like ISL showed all these videos of like London Roar like playing soccer by poolside <laughs> and just like you know just like hopping around like great mm. time and of course Sydney being me I was like oh my god I want to be good at this like I'm not good at it I shouldn't do land sports 100% <laughs> jumped up for a header came down on a foam roller pretty hard and mm. really wrecked my ankle two days oh, wow. before and poor and, and tiggy was like i don't he didn't ask me what happened until as soon as isl final was over he goes so what really happened i was like it was playing soccer <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah then i think i was in almost getting a grasp on everything and then that happened and it is what it is i mean it's just a fluke and again it's isl final but i was like i have abu dhabi coming up pretty quick so mm. let's get it under wraps as much as we can um and kind of from that it almost like i was in such a great mental space and that just threw me and it kind of almost put me back in the place that i was before that isl and i was just I felt like I had no control again. And um, it's something that I work a lot with a sports psychologist. And I think just it's such an important part in sport that I think the psychology was so neglected for so long. And now it's so much more in the forefront. Um, 
And then I kind of got to, I'd stayed overseas and I was in London and it was like the day before I was supposed to fly out and I called Ben and Ben was like, this is a Sydney call. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And so I was like, I can change my flight and I can just go back to Toronto and I wasn't going to go to worlds. And mm. I just wasn't in a good mental space. I just was really, really struggling and swimming and just mentally and so many different things. And he was like, well, to be honest, you're our only breaststroker. And he was like, I know you and I know you don't want to let the girls down and you don't want us to not be able to do the relays. And I was like, and he was like, but if you need to do what's best for you, do that. But he was like, but I'm just going to play it out blank because I know you and that's just not who you are. And so he was like, if you get on that plane tomorrow, you get to Abu Dhabi, you don't have to swim, but just get here and we'll talk. And so I kind of just it took me a while and I didn't know what I was going to really do. And then I was like, well, if I get there and don't swim, like I'll just go home like two or three days later. I don't know. And so I get there and finally talked to Ben and he was like, well, if you don't want to do your individuals, like just do the relays, like that's fine. He was like, this is not supposed to be a stressor at the end of the season. This is supposed to be probably the funnest world you could probably have and just mm get into the best headspace. He was like, all I want you to do is figure out how to fix your mental space and just enjoy swimming. And so he's like, if that means just doing relays, if that means not swimming, if that means swimming your individuals, whichever. And so I had to make a decision, I think the day after I had gotten there and I was like, I don't want to pull out of the two I am yet. I'll make that decision come. And then my other events, the hundred I am and four inch I am, it gave other people opportunities to race and so yeah and then I did the relay on the first day and probably one of my fastest splits because I can't sprint to save my life but I was swimming <laughs> 50 breaststroker uh, so I was like I'm a sprinter today and <laughs> it was an ease into the meet and then kind of the day before Ben was like do you still want to swim the 200 I am and I was like you know yeah and he was like if you want to just send the prelims and then be done, like you have the four medley after and that'll be that. And he's like, you don't have to keep swimming. And so like for me, it, it's hard to get on the blocks. And I think that was something that I was just trying to get comfortable with in ISL. And I had gotten so far and wanted to keep that progression till the end of the season. I didn't want to end the season the way that I did in ISL being so panicked and not happy um yeah and then I sat in the morning and things are okay like I wasn't even looking at times or splits like nothing really made sense at that time with how this season has been and we were just all kind of hanging on to this awkward like only swimming three to four k with ISL and racing not really having a block to go off of um and then yeah and then I mean it worked out in my favor and <laughs> yeah, I not that I don't know how it happened because I know how much more I'm capable of than a 204. I, I, I do know that. My coach knows that. And hopefully it'll come into play sometime. But um, I think that was the first time in a long time that I actually competed and actually raced and enjoyed what I love about swimming. And I mean, it turned out the best possible way that it could have for me. And I, I yeah, I don't, I don't know what else Yeah, it's say. interesting that you say competed and raced because when I'm watching the race – there's a point in the race where you clearly make a decision like I'm fucking winning this race kind of thing, yeah. you know, like 
I'm not losing this thing. So is that, does that go through your head at some point? Yeah, I think it was kind of on the second 25 of breaststroke. I was like, or I think actually the back to breaststroke turn, I was like, I'm a better breaststroker than anyone here. And I mm. just told myself that. And then on this last turn for freestyle, it's funny because as much as I love training with Summer, but I know I can beat her on a flip turn because I know mm. her walls aren't as great as mine. Right. So I was like, I'm just literally, this is what I do all the time in practice, just flip as hard as I can and try and hang on to Summer, who's one of the best freestylers in the world. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think at that point I was like, I'm going to get my hand on the wall first. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's how I normally swim it that that was definitely it's been my race strategy always um but did i know what time i was going did i know if i was 100 percent gonna win no but i was like these people are next to me and i'm gonna race them and that's what i did right right swim angelfish swim angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities swim angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Um, just going back to something real quick, has it been difficult for you to um, shut out the personal stuff to the professional stuff, like when, you know, like from the moment you walk onto the pool deck, is it difficult for you to let go of whatever's going on in your personal life and then become this professional athlete? Is there, is it still, is that something you've worked on? It sounds like, right? Yeah. I, the thing is, I think sometimes I'm almost too good at it. I think I'm very good at compartmentalizing things um, mm. where I can almost shut things out so much that I'm mm. like, you didn't deal with anything. And mm. so when it comes to like on pool deck and on pool side, I can usually just, I mean, I mean, you probably see me. I never shut the fuck up. Like I'm just chit chatting, mm. like talking to all these coaches, talking to everyone. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like going, I'm just, mm. <laughs> but like in the back of my mind, like there's probably so many issues like going on. Mm. And so I think post Olympics when Olympic blues and every, those blues after big me are so strong um, I, if you don't really deal with them, sometimes they just almost creep up too much. And so I'm usually just so good at shutting things down that sometimes there's so much that I have to eventually work on. So you have to find that time to kind of work through that and have that balance. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm really good at compartmentalizing. I think that's why I can shut things off and do well when it comes to training sessions. Um, but at the same time, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. What about your Olympic performance? How, how did you evaluate it this time? It was your second Olympics, so you, you'd had some experience. Is there anything you learned from the first time you went around to the second time? Is there anything you did differently, you know, for Tokyo? And, and did you feel like that worked for you? Um, I mean, I, I was 100% very, very disappointed in my Olympics. I mean, not going to lie. Um, but at the same time it happened and that's what I had on that day. So I know what I'm capable of and I know it's better than that. Like and you're that talking individually. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Individually. I think just like, it's crazy because 
when COVID happened, I think some people thrived and some people really struggled. And I 100% really, really struggled because I get a lot of reassurance and confidence from just getting up on the block and racing people and yeah. not having that racing. I didn't really get to practice the mental strategies that I need before racing when it's just like dealing with anxiety or dealing with that stress and that mental performance. And I didn't really, I just thought it was fine because I wasn't actually putting myself in those scenarios to race and put that stress on me. Mm. And so going into Olympics, I, I didn't really know how to handle because I thought I was mentally so strong, but in reality, I, I never put myself in those high, high pressure situations. So like, I didn't really feel them. Mm. And so then going into Olympics, I just, it, everything was so heightened and crazy. And I, I kind of put that on such a back burner, which is such a shame. And it, it is what I did. And I know for hopefully the next time of what I can do better. And um, yeah, so like individually, I wasn't super happy with it, but like, I think back to Rio and like, I was a baby back in Rio, like things were so different. Yeah. And mm. um, if in Rio, you said I was going to be a relay medalist next year, I'd be like, in what relay? <laughs> like I swim, <laughs> I am like, I don't swim anything <laughs> that could be on a relay. And then I got to be on two in Tokyo. So, um, which is really cool. And obviously to walk away with a medal, like everyone dreams about winning an Olympic medal. And um, it was almost like accepting that where that is a dream of people people like that's what people want and so I've had to almost shift that mindset that that wasn't a disappointment because mm. initially it is but um yeah obviously I'm super grateful and it was cool to do it with three people that I train with every day which when you're coming to international level that's not always the case um so yeah I think from Rio to Tokyo is so different but I think there's a lot to learn in this cycle even if it's a shorter one too is there um a woman that you compete against that has been difficult for you to overcome, like to, to beat? I mean, is there someone that has been tough for you? Um, obviously, I mean, Katinka's a legend and I think mm. it's an honor to be able to race with someone who, I mean, that world record hasn't, no one's really close to it in a really right. long time in 206. Mm. Like no one's, I mean, Obviously, I wasn't able to go to the time at the Olympics, but I don't think it was a super fast time. Um, and yeah. I think that being able to race with her as long as I have, um, I feel very, very fortunate. Um, and at the same time, I will never forget the first time that I actually beat her. And more just not even like the time wasn't great. It was at some meet in China, actually like a week before COVID began, which like mm. a week later we would have been stuck in China. But that's a whole other <laughs> story. Um and, but I think that race wasn't incredible, but it was almost just saying like, I can beat her and whether I will from here on out, I don't know. And whether I will every time or she will, like, it doesn't matter, but it was almost just like putting it into reality. Um, that was a huge, I think, turning point was just knowing what I can do and not limiting myself where the best, my best time that I've swam was against her and getting second. And I think I'm always so grateful because she's pushed me to be the best times that I can be because one, we swim very differently, but also just, she's a legend. Um, but definitely, I, I mean, I won't forget the time that I did and how much that helped me get a little bit mentally stronger. And, but I mean, 
I am changing. There's so, I mean, I don't even know the whole ready room anymore. I'm like, I don't even know anyone anymore. <laughs> I just drew this graph I, I, as you were talking. And I don't know if it's going to make any sense. I'm not an artist, by the way. And that's your name up up top. <laughs> that's, how, that's all the notes I took for you, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm super complicated. <laughs> yes. But that's, look, look at this graph, right? So this is, this is, under here, this is everybody in the whole world that you've beaten. I mean, you've, you've conquered everybody. Now, right here is this little this little part right here where you finished fourth, I guess. Or what is it? Fourth at the World Championships. You got three bronzes at Worlds. So, like, okay, what I'm trying to say to you is, like, listen, you are clearly one of the best swimmers in the world. Now, how do we get to – how do we just take that next, like, just trip and fall into the gold medal? Like, what's the next – level like it's just like this one little level like you're missing and i and i I'm, maybe it's just a belief in you like i don't know like it just seems like you don't truly believe you're the best and maybe you do but like you know how do we get there is what i'm saying yeah i think i mean physically i you don't lack anything <laughs> right you don't I'm... lack anything physically i mean my flies man <laughs> i mean <laughs> It's changed a lot, though, to be fair. It, like, I swear, I know this research is probably way far back, but please watch. I used to swim so slow. Even, I think, like, 2017, I think, like, my 4 a.m., I think it was dead lost. And then so what'd you do third. to fix that then? I mean, you made some changes, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, power has been a huge change. I okay. mean, Ben is, like, such a crazy, like, spikes in practice were like always fun when i was right. with like steve or randy where now it's like you have to be so powerful and understanding mm. that like connection from weights to swimming and ben is amazing at that so yeah. that's been huge um yeah. for my fly especially but um i think for me it's definitely the mental side is is a biggest part and i think i know how to get there and unfortunately before olympics and with covid i definitely didn't think of it as primary as i needed to and now it's just such a forefront i mean i'm in therapy every single week with a sports psych just like what are my skills like and just almost making it so realistic where if you tell me what you want me to work on for a stroke and doing 1050s tech tell me where you want my hands and elbows and that is like my jam. I love mm. that. And so mm. almost working with a sports site can be like, here are your skills. Use this here and here and here. And I'm like, this is my jam. And so almost that's been the name of the game for me since after Olympics and things have been pretty good. I mean, ISL was better the second time around worlds. I won my first world title. And so now just keep on going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it honestly feels like it's all lining up for, Paris, and I'm not putting pressure on you here, but I'm like, in terms of in terms of um, your experience and your knowledge of yourself and your belief in yourself, it does feel like it's coming to a point where this could honestly be your best Olympics a couple of years from now, right? Yeah, for sure. I think I wouldn't continue in the sport without having that mindset for sure. And um, I think I've learned a lot. And when you say like experience, like I I'm not old, but like no. my group makes me feel old sometimes. And um, yeah, I mean, people are like, this is your 10th year on the team. I'm like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like that, but I think it's definitely, I still have a lot left. Yeah, um, yeah, plenty. And um, so, yeah, I think things are hopefully lining up. I uh, 
don't know exactly what it's going to look like from now until Paris, but I'm just happy that I have so many options of things that I can do. And just, I think I know, I'll know when it's perfect for me of what exactly I need. And um, yeah. So right now you said training's ramping up. You're, you're, you're training with Ben and the group there. You're happy with the group and everything's, everything's kind of, what are you working towards now? Um, yeah. So I'm in Toronto. Um, I actually had COVID as after Christmas, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but it's been good the past couple weeks. It honestly, it was like, I swam for a week, then had COVID and then been like ramped up ever since, which it's kind of weird. Cause like that first week you are like destroyed and then almost it sometimes can carry over where like, I think it almost was like a good balance for me getting COVID and having that little break because past couple weeks have been great. Um, I'm actually heading over to um, the UK uh, this weekend. And so I'm going to go over and train with Steve Tiggs for a little mm, bit. Cool, and cool. yeah, just, I think normally we would have had a Florida camp, but because of that, uh, because of COVID, we couldn't have that early Jan. So it'll be nice to have a little bit of a change of scenery. And I really love working with Steve and, um, so I'll do that for a little bit and then a meet in Mexico and then I will be back in Toronto and then trials is coming up way quicker than it feels. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's like 10 weeks from now, isn't it? Not too far. <laughs> it's crazy. Like even just looking at my planner, mostly cause I have to figure out my dog sitting schedule. Um, I'm like looking and I'm like, I get back. It's like, we're supposed to go to Florida like a week after. Then it's like a week back here. Then like trials. I'm like, how the heck is it already trials? Yeah. Yeah, very quick. Well, hopefully it all goes to plan. I mean, there's still some restrictions in Canada or it, parts of Canada that have closed some parts down, right? Yeah, today or yesterday was the first time indoor dining is now open, which <laughs> is kind of crazy for people in the U.S. Are like, you can finally eat at a restaurant? I'm confused. <laughs> and I was like, yes, we have not been able to eat at a restaurant. Like, it's we madness. can't. Madness. How do you survive? I, I mean, imagine owning a restaurant. How bad is that for them? Oh, it is like some of the local places here. Like when I get takeout, I was like, I'm going to sit and talk to you guys for a half hour yeah, just because yeah. they're like the best. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, me and Kylie definitely do a lot of takeout and eat on a park bench and like the minus 20. And we're like, we're enjoying this life, I swear. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I, pre I appreciate you opening up. I appreciate the, the conversation. I didn't get, I didn't know you. So this is nice to get to know you a little bit. Um, I, I pulled you onto an app. Any questions? So, um, you know, feel free to kind of reach out and ask you some questions. One other thing I want to plug here is just this t-shirt I'm wearing. Uh, it's my buddy, Mike Lewis. Mike Lewis is one of the best sports oh, photographers gem. in the world. Mike is an incredible um, swimming photographer and I'm a supporter of good people and, um, and Mike's a good person. So if you guys want this shirt, uh, there you go. It's not, I'm not the best model, but that's it. <laughs> so anyway, it's um, didyouswimtoday.com. This is Mike Lewis's shirt. Go and buy one of these shirts. Support Mike. He's, like I said, one of the best sports photographers in the world. Um, probably he was over at the ISL, so probably took some pics of you. Um, good man. But anyway, listen, Sydney, I, I really appreciate this. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah, cool. All right, well, good luck with everything. And um well, uh, I don't know when this will come out, but it'll, it'll be out soon. So thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. 
a very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more.